In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 135th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, The Brian Hill Show is for Real. We're going to also look at a few things here with regards to the Falcons as they get ready to play the Dolphins. Let me just run down the list for you right here. I'm going to look at this Dolphins game. Here from Brian Hill. Give you the injury report. Discuss quarterback Kirk Binkirk. Then uh, go over the final exhibition season uh, games for you. And then we're going to close it out. Hearing from our Hall of Famers, Tony Gonzalez and Champ Bailey. First, let's talk about the uh, Miami Dolphins game, which is set for 7.30 on Thursday night at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. It'll be the opener for the Dolphins, who've moved on to Ryan Fitzpatrick, traded for Josh Rosen, a lot of people believe under first-year coach Brian Flores that they'll be tanking for Tua, trying to get the Alabama quarterback in the draft. Although a lot of people have the Oregon quarterback, Herbert, rated higher. But anyway, uh, the, this is the 18th meeting of the Falcons and the Dolphins in the exhibition season. The Dolphins lead the series here 9-8. to eight. The Falcons should have an advantage here with uh, having to have a game under their belt. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Matt Ryan's supposed to play. A lot of, player, a lot of other players will not. Looking forward to see if the Falcons will run Ricardo Allen or Keanu Neal out there uh, as they battle back from their injuries. But it should be an uh, interesting game here for the exhibition season when the Falcons take on the Dolphins Thursday night, 7.30, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. It'll be the debut for Brian Flores, the former New England disciple. Been a lot written about Brian Hill coming out of the fine showing he had in Canton, Ohio. Uh, the 57 yards, the touchdown catch, and he continued to shine at the military day game or exhibition scrimmage or whatever you want to call that uh, down at the stadium. Here's Brian after the game up at Canton. Fine young man, uh, drafted. In the fifth round, he declared uh, he was going to be the best running back in the draft. Career's been off to a bumpy start. Uh, you know, hadn't been able to hold or maintain a spot here in Atlanta. Went off to Cincinnati. And it's good to see, you know, he's grown up and humbled himself a little bit. Uh, and uh, on the verge of finding him a spot in the NFL, whether if it's here in Atlanta or elsewhere. But he's off to a great start here in the 2019 exhibition season. Every day before practice, I got to clear out the bucket. However many balls in there, I don't know. I got to catch them all. So that's just 
with a little dedication. I knew coming in, I couldn't catch that with him. Rookie year, got a little better last year, but I'm happy with my progression this year. So is that something that you've changed, that you wanted to make a concerted effort to be better at? Oh, yeah, ever since coming in the league, that was a knock on my game. Couldn't catch. Uh, it's a little shaky, but I'm happy that I got better with it for sure. When, um, I guess that day they, they called that flag lowering lower the helmet, but he kind of lowered his helmet too, I think. You know, what was your kind of make on of that? It was a bang-bang play. I feel like they called it on me because he lost the exchange. If I would have gotten up, they probably would have called it on him. What's the, what's the conversation with Coach after that? Was got to look at it. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to try to change the way I run. Obviously, they're going to call that a little bit more this year, so I can't just keep causing 10, 15 yards every time. Well, that was Brian Hill finishing up with his uh, debut and his, uh, you know, catching the ball and, and so forth coming out of the backfield here uh, up in Canton. I think we had a few more seconds left. Let's get back to that. We got 50 seconds left. What's the conversation with Coach after that? Was it? You gotta look at it. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to try to change the way I run. Obviously, they're gonna call that a little bit more this year, so I can't just keep causing 10, 15 yards every time I'm breaking open field. What did you make of Padre Allison's play that rookie out uh, he's hard on himself, but we all been trying to tell him. We all had a bad first game. I remember my first preseason game against Miami. I think I had five carries from like six yards. It's not, it's not easy coming from college and running the same as in the road. So he just needs a couple more reps, and he'll get to it. He'll get the grasp of moving his blocks and putting his blockers on the that's it there for Brian Hill. He uh, discussed Quadri Allison, the rookie who did not have a great debut, but, uh, uh, you know, he said, hey, that's tough. It was tough going. I remember that game in Miami. I believe that was the one Devontae Freeman did get the first concussion uh, back in 17. That's when uh, Hill was drafted. And, uh, you know, he um, related that story about him struggling and then about – Olison struggling in his first game up in Canton, Ohio. Now let's go through the injury report here. It's getting a little lengthy here for uh, the Falcons, and uh, you know they have plenty of time to get everybody back. But uh, you know, of course, Julio Jones' foot is not playing exhibition season. James Carpenter, hip flexor, had an MRI, and Coach Quinn seemed to be positive without any details about uh, you know his return. Said it wasn't long-term. Of course, the big scary injury is the heart uh, injury to Caleb McGarry, the first-round pick, the heart ablation surgery. Uh, They don't seem to be making a big deal out of it. The doctors we talked to uh, said it it is minor, uh, not minor when they're messing with your heart, but they said, hey, it's something, it's a procedure that they're used to doing. It's It's like an electrician. One of the doctors said, you know, that's the electrician part of the heart, not the plumbing part where you get clogged up and have the heart attack, but a timing type thing where, you know, uh, the blood's flowing or the electrolytes is not or not uh, pumping at the same rate. And you could go read that story. I can't restate it like the doctor did, but 
We did talk to three specialists in the area. They gave a six to eight week window, which would put him back by the start of the season at the earliest and by the third game at the latest. If it sticks to that, a lot of it depends on how much uh, uh, they rely on blood thinners in this procedure. And uh, we've seen a couple people come back early from it. Uh, the one hockey player and then uh, the baseball player who had to get shut down for the season. But, uh, you know, we are they're, – they're optimistic. They're going to – that he'll be back and it's not a season-ending deal. He was coming along okay. He had a kind of bumpy off season with his footwork and so forth. But uh, everything was coming around for Caleb. Deion Jones' foot, he's close. Coach Dan Quinn said on his uh, SiriusXM appearance appearance that Deion was close to getting back. Calvin Ridley, uh, he said, you know, he just told us to hammy, tweak the old tweak the hammy, but he slipped and said it was a strained hamstring. So, you know, when you have a strained hamstring, it depends on the grade of the strain, one, two, or three, uh, and um we don't know what it is, one, two, or three. On the severity of the strain, Rashard Hegman, defensive tackle groin, Marcus Green, hammy, flashing speed there. And the Canton game uh, also put it on the ground once, so uh, they definitely want to see more of him. Duke Riley, hip and groin injury. Desmond Trufant, back strain. Fourier Ulicon, oblique strain. So that's a pretty long list here, uh, given that the, the, they don't do a lot of contact, but uh, they do have folks on the injury report. Now, uh, moving on, uh, one of the sad stories, you know, it happens in football, uh, but at uh, Kirk Benkirk was the guy that the Falcons wanted to see a lot of. Uh, looks like he has a severe toe injury that caused him to be placed on injured reserve here uh, today on Tuesday. And Tommy Doles, a former guard at Northwestern, Three-year starter was signed to take that roster spot to keep him at 90. Uh, Matt Sims was signed earlier in the week to uh, come in and be the third quarterback for the Falcons. Of course, he knows the system. Having been here since uh, 2015 and cut in 2017, you know, played for the Atlanta Legions. Uh, You know, of course, he's Phil Sims' son, uh, and he'll come in and help the Falcons get through the exhibition season. Before we close and talk about the rest of the uh, exhibition season, we were up in Canton and and, and talked to uh, Champ Bailey and Tony Gonzalez the day before they went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, one sad thing out of that, uh, longtime sports writer Don Banks uh, knew him from his days in Minnesota. Uh, when I was up in Milwaukee covering the Packers, Don was a great guy. Uh, passed away in his sleep Sunday morning. And uh, some of my sports writer friends, Sam Former, I know him very well. Uh, good friends with um, Don. Uh, Don's wife called Sam and was like, hey, I can't get him. Uh, and they went and got the manager and then uh, went to the room and found him, uh, de- uh, you know, deceased. And Shereen Williams had went to dinner the night before with Don and uh, Shereen went into the hall at, at our sports writer uh, candidate two years ago uh, said you know they were talking for about 30 minutes he was real happy about going to Las Vegas to cover the Raiders for them and just thinking you know hey at 56 you know a lot of 
A lot of times you don't you don't think you're going to get another opportunity in the journalism game, and so he was excited about that. Uh, a little scared about moving to Vegas. Uh, his wife, uh, you know, had a good paying job in Boston, but, you know, they were going to have to march for her to find something. So, uh, you know, just a really sad story uh, about, about Don, one of the good guys in the business that nobody I know has had anything bad to say about him, real tough uh, competitor. One of the, uh, you know, very great, strong sports writers of our time. Really sad. But with that, we're going to move on to Champ Bailey and uh, send our condolences to Don, his two kids, and his wife. Uh, I'm sure the Pro Football Writers of America will be trying to figure out uh, how we can help out her and the family. But here's what Champ Bailey had to say when I talked to him at the... uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. We were actually in the Canton McKinley High School Auditorium. Here's what Champ had to say from Folkston, Georgia. Oh, we just lost that. We're going to get right to it here. You know, I had the audio queued up, but I was doing my whole Don Banks tribute, and we're going to get back to to Champ here. Uh, had some interesting things to say. I wanted to know how Georgia shaped his his persona, his career, and here's what he had to say. Your days uh, at Georgia, uh, you know, going to the state school and so forth for you. It was very important, you know. I think uh, I mean I grew up a Dolph fan, so and my brother went there. I mean, I, I keep talking about my older brother because everything he did, I just followed his footsteps. And, you know, just being back, you know, being able to play for a team that I grew up loving means everything and to be living in the state now and reflecting on those days all the time with people I run into you can't replace that you proud of how they are now where they're standing in college football absolutely you know I think uh, it's the standard that should have been set a long time ago I believe but you know for some reason we kind of got off track and you know good thing we got a Georgia born guy former Georgia player one of my former teammates running the show now because the guy he knows exactly how to win games what did you learn from Daryl Green? Yeah, just how to be a pro. You know, I think uh, the funny thing was when I was a rookie, he was older than probably half the staff, coaching staff. So. <laughs> they they allowed him to just work with one on one. There's not a corner in this league that gets you know benefits like that, and I was fortunate enough to have that. It. It, it was amazing that. I had him, and then Deion Sanders comes in the year after. It's like, how do I get all this greatness around me? You know, just really helping me build my foundation. Those guys deserve all of it. So when you look at Chris. There's Champ Bailey discussing how Daryl Green and Deion helped him early in his in his career in Washington. What two better tutors for him? Here's Kansas City Chief and Atlanta Falcon tight end Tony Gonzalez. Experiences I've ever had. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell you what went on in that, but to be able to sit there with all your heroes and uh, and see the guys that you grew up watching. I remember uh, what kept crossing in my mind was I don't know if you guys remember back in the '80s they had this tape called Crunch Course. It was just like like a highlight. That, that's when I first fell in love with the NFL and uh, yeah, all the guys that were on that highlight tape in the '80s. And, and, uh, were in that room, you know, guys like Howie Long, Larry Zonka, uh, it, it was it's just surreal, uh, Marv Levy was in there, it's, uh, Jim Kelly, it was, it was just, 
it was just great uh, to be surrounded by your heroes. Uh, my family's out here. Everybody's enjoying their time. It's it's just uh, it's, it's like a wedding, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's it's just like a wedding too. I mean, it's going it's going to be one of the best days uh, of my life. Uh, already, it already is one of the best weekends. So I can't wait to see uh, how it gets even better tonight, especially with the gold jacket dinner, and then uh, tomorrow during the entrainment. It's going to be. That was Tony G Friday before he went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. His bust is up there now. He's got his gold jacket and uh, delivered a great speech where he paid homage to his days in Kansas City and to his days with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, let's just get everybody set up here for the rest of exhibition season. Uh, you know, after Miami, the Falcons will come home for two games playing on Thursdays here. So this is, uh, you know, a new thing uh, where they do the whole Thursday schedules. Have the Jets on August the 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The all-important third game, which is really the fourth one this year, against Washington, against Washington football team. We'll see probably some... uh, uh, Colt McCoy and uh, Case Keenum and uh, Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State quarterback there, at 7.30 on the 22nd. And then uh, the last game, they'll go on the road there, go down to Jacksonville at 7 p.m. against the Jaguars at 8.29. That'll be uh, it on Thursday. We'll get the cuts, most likely some on Friday and Saturday practice squad Sunday or Monday then they'll move on to start getting ready for the season opener in Minnesota on September the 8th so with that we're going to close here with the uh, from the 135th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast take care and have a great rest of the week hip hop is a product of black people it's a product of black song a celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.